What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here, and we are continuing on through this uh, summer series of podcasts that's going along with our sermon series called Uncovering the Mystery, in which we're going through the book of John and seeing all of Jesus's I am statements and seeing what that reveals about his person, what he, he he's done for us, and, and who he is as the second person of Trinity, and that uncovers the mystery in the sense that we wouldn't have known otherwise had God not revealed it in, in, in the person of Jesus. And so we're continuing on with that, and it's been more of a personal kind of uh, hearing from staff members like, hey, here's a time in my life or here's a piece of scripture where God just really uncovered the mystery in my life. And I was shared with you a few weeks ago and really enjoyed hearing some other staff members and picked up another one of these slots. And so I wanted to share a little bit more about a time when God just kind of uncovered a mystery or, you know, opened my eyes as it were and uh, something, it, it may, be, may seem kind of obscure, uh, and it is kind of obscure, but it was just something that just really spoke to me and kind of opened my eyes in, in, a, in, a, in a way. So um, I'm going to go ahead and read that. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. And some of you guys are like, oh, thank goodness he talks too much. He just needs to read the Bible. So, but you're right. So I'm going to, I'm going to read. And so here we're in Luke and this is chapter uh, 24. Uh, we've probably heard a lot of this stuff before, especially around Easter time. Uh, but I, like I said, I am going to focus on kind of an obscure type point in the text. But where we are in the text, this is Jesus has been crucified. He has been resurrected, that we know that from this side. But his disciples at the time, they, they, they're like, man, thing, we just lost. Like, what's going to happen? They just don't understand. They've never seen a dead guy come to life before, and it's just not clicking. And so Jesus has come to life, and this is the road to Emmaus, and he appears to these two disciples, and they're they're talking to each other, and you know they're upset, and Jesus appears to them, but they don't recognize him. Now, you explain how that works, I don't really know. that He's kind of ethereal, but he's also physical. And so he, he shows up, and he's having this conversation with these two disciples who are kind of wallowing in the defeat of the crucifixion, and yet haven't come to grips with the resurrection. So I'm picking up in the middle of this. Um, In verse 21, this is Luke 24, verse 21, and this is the ESV Bible. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. They're speaking to Jesus. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when the angels did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. Jesus acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. 
And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 and those who were with him and gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Verse 36, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, but it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything to eat here? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm going to focus on this obscure detail. So I remember the very first, well, maybe not the very first time, but some of the first times I was just, hey, I'm going to read this part of the gospel. And just, I was sitting in my backyard at the time drinking coffee, you know, in the morning. I was working second shift at the time. And so I had all this time in the morning to just read entire books of the Bible. And so I would do that. And I got this study Bible and I was just really, really digging in for probably some of the first times in my life. And I got to this section and of course it's like, man, this is amazing. He's resurrected. Like I'm just pouring over this. And then I get to verse 42 and it's talking about Jesus. He's like eating, he's eating with his disciples. And normally we'd kind of overlook that stuff. Um, you know, prior to this, if you're reading the whole thing, Jesus, he's the two disciples are on the road. They're kind of downtrodden. Jesus shows up. They don't recognize him, which I don't get. I don't fully understand that to explain. He's somehow physically there. They don't, but they don't recognize him. So he's able to disguise the way he looks somehow. Then, you know, he vanishes and then he shows up and scares them all. And so he's like kind of ethereal, but he's also physical. And we see that here. He's showing them his wounds and he's eating. Now, when I got to verse 42, when I was reading in my backyard in the study Bible, it had this little footnote. So it said, um, verse 42, you know, verse 41, he said, have you anything to eat? Verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it. Now there was a footnote. Now I'm at this time in my life when I'm like, ooh, study Bibles, you know, in this whole world of footnotes and stuff called textual criticism and, you know, all this stuff is my eyes are being opened to this world of study. And so that's kind of the mysteries are unveiling as it, as it were. And, and, I, and there's a footnote in my ESV study Bible. And I read it and it said, they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And at the bottom, it said, some manuscripts add and some honeycomb. So I'm like, what? That's kind of an odd thing to... So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And so I went back into my, my house and, you know, when I first became a Christian, someone had gifted me a new King James study Bible. And I was like, where is it? I'm going to grab that and see what it says. And I looked at it and it was like, wow, it actually, I think it had it in there. It was like, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And if any of you, maybe some of you grew up on the King James or the new King James, I think there's some other translations that just straight up print it. it said verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. But in a lot of the newer ones, like the, the Holman, uh, the ESV, the NIV, the CSB, NASB, like these, these, um, newer translations that we have in English, 
that many people claim are, are you know really accurate and all that they they would have it as a footnote now they're being honest and and so when i studied this i was like broiled fish honeycomb or what not honeycomb why like this is such a minor weird thing as i studied it it was like okay so there's this thing called textual criticism and basically so we know that the the new testament is written in greek the old testament is written in hebrew and they wrote them down on these scrolls and the scribes would copy them and so when translators and committees come up and they they write our they translate from these greek texts our english bibles they have a huge selection and in variety of the these greek scrolls papyri uh to to compile and compare and contrast and and basically there's no errors there's no difference you they even found the dead sea scrolls that have been you know buried for all these thousands thousands of years and there's no it, they you know haven't been tampered with or anything like that but they're all dated and so what they they came to find out as new committees would be like you know, let's let's write a new translation. Um, they came to find that some of the oldest manuscripts, you know, written, copied down by these scribes, you know, close to when it actually happened, did not have and some honeycomb written in in the in the scroll. Now the newer ones, somewhere you know that these scribes were copying down all these papyri. The newer ones did have it. So we're talking like 300, 400 AD. A lot of those manuscripts had it. And so obviously it's, you know, this is a super minor detail. There's no theology or doctrine that's at stake here. But, you know, for years and years, like the church history had affirmed that, you know, these scrolls and including, you know, the the King James Bible was translated from these newer scrolls um, that, you know, originated from the 300, 400 ADs, they had that in there. And so if you had, you know, New King James, King James, something like that, it would have verse 42. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. The newer ones don't take it out, but they're honest and they put it as a footnote and basically, you know, and I kind of agree with this. They're like, Hey, we don't understand this discrepancy. It's really not a big deal, but the oldest manuscripts don't have it in there. And so it's whether he did or didn't, I don't see the big deal, you know, obviously, like I said, it doesn't affect theology or anything, but, you know, the fact is, I told you this was obscure. The fact is that Jesus ate, whether he had, you know, honeycomb or not, he's eating broiled fish. And when I'm reading that and my eyes are open, I'm like, okay, most of the time when we're reading this, we glance over it, but this were, this really was kind of an unveiling of the mystery as it were, because you know, if you come on any Sunday and, and Pastor Nick is preaching, he's got the crumble cookies, the Cracker Barrel biscuits, like, you know, smashing the cake, you're you're in, you're locked in, right? And I, some of you can kind of complain about, he's always doing food, but that's a big deal, man, because like, I, I get away from those sermons kind of hungry, but I tell you what, man, I remember what he said and, you know, they're teaching elements and, and Nick is being very strategic in the way he's using those. And I, I think that's great. Look what we have here in the Bible. Jesus is like... He's preaching a sermon with, you know, showing his wounds. It's like this kid on the playground. Be like, oh, look at this scar. Look at, oh, what, man, I fell off my bike. Check out this scab or what. You know, he's showing him his, his wounds. And then he's like, hey, y'all got anything to eat for my next sermon illustration? Let's try some fish and, and maybe some honeycomb. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I see this and I'm in my backyard and I'm like, wow, like 
this is real. This is tangible. It's on a sensory level. It's, you know, hands-on kinesthetic. It's this aspect of Jesus as of the, as after the resurrection that just really proves that this really happened. I mean, to be arguing over details, if, if you're in a textual criticism, well, I don't think you had the honeycomb. Well, these manuscripts say you had the honeycomb and these don't. And like, man, like, there's obviously some legitimacy here and people would, you know, skeptics of Christianity would say like, I just don't even believe that the resurrection even took place. They probably stole his body and it's just all a hoax. But here we are like these, we're debating manuscripts as to whether he had honeycomb or not. And they all say he had fish. So clearly it's like, look, everybody's in agreement that Jesus physically raised from the dead. And so this really opened my eyes and helped uncover this mystery that's like, yeah, you know, we all intellectually know the resurrection, but we see little details like that. It just really comes to life. And so what are some implications of that? I wrote down a couple. Number one, we can rest in God's word. So little stuff like this, it further supports, like I said, the just the idea of the resurrection, you know, but also scripture, because God's sovereign over history and he's he's preserved his word over the centuries to us so that we you know even in English we can see that and trust he he is who he says he is and did what he said he did. We saw this in in the very first part of this book. Luke is writing this and he has compiled this. He's the historian, the doctor historian and in the very first verse in the book that we see this account he says Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those from the beginning who were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word who have delivered them to us, verse 3, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. That's the audience of this letter. He's, he's kind of commissioned to write this gospel account. Verse 4, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. I sought out to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So whoever Theophilus is, he is a Christian. He's heard the gospel. He's heard about the resurrection. He's a believer, but he is now being assured by these this even more detailed account, you know, fish and honeycomb, that Luke is writing and commissioning to to this gospel account. And so all that to say the 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 word of God is the word of God because it claims to be so and God's sovereignty and his preservation it, it we can rest in that. We can rest in God's word. Another implication that we can see from this story is that we can look forward to our new bodies. We can look forward to our new bodies because we see Jesus in the resurrection. And yes, he's ethereal and he can kind of disappear and reappear. And I don't understand that. But at the same time, he's physical and he proved it by touching my wounds and then having a good old, you know, fish meal, you know, and he, he showed us that he is the, the first fruit of the resurrection. He defeated death and got out of the grave and his body is physical his body is physical. And so as we look forward to this idea of, you know, what's on the other side of death and trying to overcome this weird image that we have of heaven where we're all on the clouds and playing harps and it's like all spirit, 
you know, ethereal, no body kind of a thing. It, it's not going to, it's going to be more like earth than I think most of us think. It's the new heavens and the new earth, the new creation. And somehow, you know, it'll be glorious. We'll have glorified bodies, which Romans talks about, yet they will still be physical bodies. And Jesus, here's an example of that. And he eats the fish. And there's other times in Acts when it is, he's eating with his disciples post-resurrection. And so those are a few things that just opened my eyes and unveiled the mystery. We can rest in God's word, even over little details like this. And number two, we can look forward to our new bodies, our resurrected bodies, just as we see Jesus uh, exemplifying here. Told you. It was going to be kind of weird, obscure point that I would talk about today. I hope Man, you you as you're reading scripture, you find something and you're like, "Huh, that's kind of, that's really interesting." And you, whatever it is that you're excited about God's word, you dig into it, you study, and that God is unveiling the mystery for you. And so, with that said, I hope you have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.